פודקאסט ביוויל מדריך לחיים טובים יותר. Hello, I'm very pleased to introduce to you my guest for today's podcast, Ken Pasternak. Ken Pasternak has held leadership positions at Citibank and the European Bank for Reconstructions and Development. He has lived in the U.S., France, Finland, United Kingdom, Turkey and Belgium before returning to Helsinki in 1996. For the past 25 years, Ken has been an author, consultant and keynote speaker focusing on building high-performance organizations through visionary leadership, team effectiveness, creating a winning culture and improving cross-cultural understanding. In March 2019, he was selected to join Marshall Goldsmith 100 Coaches Global Movement, and he's also a brand ambassador for Insta Performance. Ken is a co-author of a best-seller book, Performance at the Limit, Business Lessons from Formula One Motor Racing, which was a best-seller. It was published by Cambridge University Press and was translated to Japanese, Turkish, and Mandarin Chinese. The book also served as an inspiration for eight-part part BBC World Television series titled Formula for Success. He's also co-author with Ellen Ketcher, Managing Your Strength, which discusses life orientation as a practical strength-based methodology for gaining better self-understanding and developing successful strategies for improving one's effectiveness with others. Ken is a graduate of Yale University and he splits his time between Helsinki, Finland and Boca Raton, Florida. Ken, welcome to my podcast, A Guide for Better Life. Great to be here, Chaim. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. Thank you. Well, just to set the context for our podcast, which I titled, What Can We Learn from Formula One Success Record on Wellbeing Impact on Company Performance? We are living today in what I call a polycrisis era. Companies are operating in a constant crisis mode. We have, we have economic crisis, we have wars, we have climate crisis, we have technolo technology disruptions, etc. Companies in today's very chaotic and volatile times are struggling to enhance their performance while They experience a declining performance of the employees due to burnout, mental health problems, depression, and other things. The general response that I'm getting from CEOs and senior executives is that well-being is not or is less relevant in today's in today context. They say, and I quote, the economic situation is unclear. I better invest my resources in strengthening our revenue performance. Moreover, well-being is perceived as a very fuzzy domain and not as concrete discipline that may actually increase company performance. And my insight is that there seems to be a chasm 
between the existing management paradigm that focuses on hardcore financial performance, cost control, and other similar metrics, and the human capital paradigm, which includes, of course, well-being, that emphasizes investing in human capital in the organization and developing a strong workforce or a strong employee force. You co-authored the bestseller book, Performance at the Limit, Business Lessons from Formula. And Formula One has been one of the most phenomenal business success in modern history. Just to give, just to give few statistics for our listening, in 2021, the total revenues for Formula One Group accounted for $2.1 billion, which was an 86% higher than previous year. And Formula One is the fifth most popular sport in the world. Amazing achievement. So you might have very, very strong insights about that success. So let me start by asking you, Ken, what are the parallels between Formula One and business? Okay, well, thank you very much, Siam, for that introductory set of comments. I would suggest, however, that Formula One is the most watched sporting event on an annual basis. Mm. Uh, most people are familiar with the World Cup, which gets the most viewers. The Summer Olympics gets the second, but they're played and done every four years. Formula One is executed every year and therefore comes way at the top of the most uh, viewers on television or streaming uh, services. But to answer your question about the parallels between Formula One and business, these are organizations, there are 10 teams in Formula One. They may have 150 to 1,000 employees. And it's a business like any other business. They have their own production. Mm -hmm. They also have to rely on suppliers to produce and deliver uh, equipment and services uh, that they don't have in-house. They have, like any other organization, a finance department, which has become even more important now that they have a cost cap that they have to live under. Mm. Uh, they have HR departments and every other type of uh, function as any business has. Essentially, they're a manufacturing company creating parts for their car, but based on the highest form of technology to create a product. And their product is creating the fastest car they can possibly create. The other way they're similar to other businesses is they have to be very agile. They have to be very entrepreneurial in their mindset. Uh, we've seen in the past, in the history of Formula One, when large businesses like Toyota, for example, tried to enter into Formula One mm. with a mindset of a large auto manufacturer, it just didn't work. And Toyota lost perhaps one to two billion dollars in a failed effort to succeed in Formula One. However, I think the key point here, Chaim, is it's all about the people. It's the technology, yeah, it's the organization structure, but it's these 150 or 1,000 or more people who make things happen. Thank you. A lot has been written about culture as a key success factor for companies. What did you find out about the importance of developing a cohesive culture in Formula One teams? Well, I think the key word here is teams. Mm. Uh, and 
like all teams in all successful organizations or sporting groups, you need a shared vision of what you're trying to accomplish. You need clear goals. And sometimes for those teams that are not at the front of the grid, you know, winning the races or being on the podium, they also have goals about improvement, about attaining certain capabilities, certain results. Uh, they have clear roles and responsibilities on the team. People know what they are supposed to deliver. And at the same time, they're actively supporting one another. Uh, you know, the culture they have requires them to work well together. It's a grueling season from March to November, mm. traveling around five different continents, where if they're not working with each other closely, they're not going to succeed. Uh, two other things to mention, of course, is the importance that teams have developed the no blame culture, a culture where you don't really focus on blaming people when things go wrong, but rather you focus on what went wrong and how to fix it and how to make sure it doesn't happen again. And I might add that, of course, the 10 teams don't have the same cultures, like 10 businesses in the same industry. You'll find a different culture based on the leadership, based on the atmosphere that's created, based on how they approach their business. Wow, fascinating. Formula One world champions like Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel have publicly endorsed the importance of INSA well-being coaches to their success. How does well-being fit into F1 team strategy, culture, and meeting of the ultra-high performance targets? Well, as I mentioned, it's a grueling season. Uh, they're at it between March and November, traveling the world, delivering on the race course each weekend, three-day weekends. Also, the people working in the factory having to deliver their results under tight schedules and very high demands of quality. Uh, it's clear link between well-being and performance when you talk about the drivers. These people need to be highly physically fit. You'll notice that drivers have very strong necks and arms. And if you ever yeah. watch a race and you see how they're, they're bouncing around in the uh, cockpit and their arms are out holding the steering wheel, yes. they need to be very physically fit. Mm. They need stamina, so they work on that as well. But because of the demands of the travel, they have to deal with jet lag. They have to deal with sleep patterns. They have to deal with and learn how to recover and get their energies back. So all this tells a very easily adaptable story to the driver. But one should not forget, when we're talking about the team as a whole, they're traveling with perhaps 60 to 80 other people around the world doing this circuit. Wow. So all the mechanics, all the engineers, all of the administrative staff also have to consider well-being as part of their regimen in order so that they can perform at the limit, so they can perform at their best each and every race. We're talking about sleep, we're talking about nutrition, we're talking about all the elements that uh, make up well-being. And uh, I can talk a little bit more in a few minutes about the mental aspect of this, mm -hmm. but it's not just the drivers, well-being and high performance are linked for all the people who work on the Formula One team. So that's new to me. So you, you tell me that uh, 
all the teams are adopting well-being, not only the drivers like Lewis Hamilton. For sure. Um, they do exercise routines. Now, consider the pit stop. When okay. about 20 of the people who aren't just doing pit stop, they're mechanics and engineers and they have mm -hmm. other roles, have to perform and deliver a tire change in two seconds or so. Wow. There's a lot of physical movement involved. There's carrying tires. There's fitting tires. It may happen two, three, four times a race. Now, if you're not physically fit and mentally prepared for the pressure of delivering under those tight circumstances, mm -hmm. you're not going to succeed. So it's not just the drivers who have to consider being in good shape mentally and physically. It's the whole team. Wow. Amazing. So in your opinion, how does well-being fit into the corporate strategy in general? to build and maintain a winning corporate culture in today's very chaotic and volatile times? Well, for me, maybe I'm biased, but it's common sense. Mm -hmm. And it's in that if your strategy is to build and develop agilely a new product each race weekend, you know, the car that starts the year is not the car that ends the year. There are parts being added and changed all the time. Mm. You need to have people performing at the highest capability under extreme pressure. So if that's your strategy, you need to also have a strategy of well-being. And you know, mm. as I mentioned just before, teams build in exercise regimens for all the people on the team. Wow. But they also make uh, aids and support available for mental coaching. And, you know, the, the, the pressures that these people are under, traveling the way they do, uh, keeping themselves physically centered, physically, and talk about sleep and nutrition and jet lag, but also keep in mind, they're on the road a lot, and they have pressures related to not being with their families. Exactly. So most of the teams do provide support on a confidential basis, if they wish, for people to call and get support when they feel they're at the edge when they're not uh, performing at their best, they have, may have some stresses which they need to share with someone. So not only is there a support for physical well-being, there's also support for teams for mental well-being as well. Um, if anyone wants to bring their A-game and they need to bring their A-game all the time, whether they're creating the parts at the factory, whether they're looking at the race strategy on the computers and trying to determine when they should come in for a pit stop, Right. But when they're performing as pit stop crew, they need to have a good sense of who they are, how they feel, and what they're thinking in a positive way in order to perform at their best. Strategy is linked to well-being and performance without, in my mind, any, any dispute. Thank you. Thank you for eloquently stated this uh, very important concept. You had a chance of meeting... Toto Wolf, the legendary team manager for Mercedes-Benz team, as well as others. What role do team leaders like Toto Wolf play in driving success? Well, leaders of all organizations probably have the most important role of being role models, walking the talk. And Toto is one person who's talked openly about the mental and physical pressures he's had uh in his career 
Uh, he's going through a particular phase now where Mercedes is not doing particularly well. Exactly, yes. And, you know, yeah. it's easy to feel good and be positive when you're winning everything. The test is when you're under pressure and things aren't working out. And he's uh, trying to demonstrate and talk about some of these issues that's affected him personally and not be ashamed to share that he's also struggled uh, over time. So for any organization, uh, it, it's about the leaders role modeling the things that they want their people to, to do and behave. And uh, I think he's doing that quite well. Uh, let's see if Mercedes can come back again. Uh, this year is, is not their year again. Mm -hmm. So the key insight is uh, leaders have to walk the talk. That's very well stated. For sure. You, 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 know, you lose all of your credibility if you say one thing and do another thing. Or if you expect people to behave in a certain way and you don't behave that way. Mm. Uh, it's very hard for people to buy in to a leader who doesn't reflect the values and the behaviors that they expect others to do and, and believe in. That's especially true in today's crisis mode era context where uh, people are struggling, employees are struggling and they have to look up to their leaders in order to pull through. You know, leadership is about helping people want to follow you voluntarily. Mm. Otherwise, it's a dictatorship. And in order for people to want to follow you and what you're saying and the vision you're creating, you have to demonstrate those very elements of your behavior that you want them to demonstrate themselves. So, you know, again, I don't mean to make it sound simple, but it seems common sense that if you want people to act in a certain way, to believe in certain things, you have to show them that you believe in them as well and you're behaving that way also. Right. Well, we are towards the end of our interview. Based on your research of Formula One, what advice can you share with senior business leaders on how to close the chasm between well-being and company revenue performance? Yeah, I, I think back to my comment about common sense, uh, but also research shows and there's a lot of research out there now that demonstrates the importance of physical and mental well-being mm. leading towards better and higher performance. But again, it starts with the leader of an organization. And your question is about senior business leaders. Look at yourself. Consider your own situation. How do you feel? How are you dealing with the pressures that are on you to execute and perform? And you know that if you're tired, you're not at your best. Absolutely. You know if, if you haven't given yourself a chance to relax and recover after a very tense period, you're not going to be able to maintain that level of activity and performance. Mm -hmm. So first of all, senior leaders need to think about their own capability, their own actions, their own performance, when they know they're tired, stressed, close to burnout maybe. Mm -hmm. Now you take that and you add all your employees and you, so you multiply how you feel when you're down right? and think about how all your employees may be feeling at certain times when you're putting pressure on them, when the market is putting pressure on them, when competitors are putting pressure on them, when their families, which you may or may not know about, are putting pressure on them. 
and you consider how all this adds up to not allowing the organization to achieve its best because people aren't feeling their best. So if you turn that around and you say, what if I can create an environment for myself and my employees where everyone feels good about themselves physically and mentally? Just think about the boost in performance you can get when people have energy, think positively when they come to work each day. And that's what senior leaders need to do. Create the environment for themselves and their employees where people have a positive attitude and feel good physically when they come to the office and need to perform. As we say, as we say well-being leads to better performance. Without a doubt. Well, thank you, Ken, for sharing with us your valuable insights about Formula One, business leadership, well-being, and their relevance for com- companies. Thank you, my dear listeners. I want to wish you much success in your journey for well-being and fulfilling your life potential. See you in my next podcast. <laughs>